It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 2-1 to to the St. Louis Blues in overtime. Vegas gets a standings point thanks to a Jack Eichel power play goal late in the third period. And Vegas now 16-5 and 537 points. Tied for, for most points in the National Hockey League to help us break this one down. We go back up to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan? I... You look at this one and the chances generated from the Golden Knights, uh, you can't help but tip your cap to Jordan Biddington. He was phenomenal in this game, and it wasn't a situation where, you know, the opportunities for the Golden Knights, uh, they were making it easy on Jordan Biddington. He had to make several, several elite saves. No doubt about it. I think that Gary and I came back to this theme throughout the evening. It was evident early that Jordan Biddington was in the zone. And uh, the chances in the first period, there were eight odd man rushes. Vegas had five of those eight. Again, I mentioned the Paul Cotter opportunity there in the first period. And then the only odd man chance in the second period was the Barbashev to Eichel opportunity. And Bennington comes up with a poke check before Jack could even shoot it. You You go through the 33 saves that Bennington made in this game. And boy, I'd say a good chunk of them were, uh, you know, really dangerous Golden Knights opportunities. And uh, sometimes, Ryan, that uh, that is the difference in a game. The yep. Golden Knights are good enough so that even when a goalie is having that kind of a night that they can do enough to get a point, and that is what happened today. Yeah, and I think that that's something you look at here as, you know, kind of a silver lining, right? Because the Golden Knights, not only were they able to pull out a point from a phenomenal performance from Jordan Bennington, but it's Jack Eichel continuing to be, you know, the, the one that you rely on offensively. I, I thought Jack, again, was was all over the ice tonight, too. Yeah, remember that not only does he score that power play goal to get the game tied, he also drew the penalty yeah. that led to the power play. And you could see the kind of dominant type of night that he had and Eichel also drew the the penalty Colton Pareko early in the period on which the Knights did not score but you know that's two penalties in the third period drawn by Jack Eichel and that just tells you he's at the center of things and that the other team doesn't have the answer for him that they would like and uh, you might say his shot is what uh, you know gets the game tied but so much of it is his skating and his vision and you know, there are, uh, there are no shortage of superlatives we can offer for Jack. He's got goals in three straight for the second time as a night, points in four straight, and leads the team with 28 points. And he's now tied for the team leading goals. Carlson, Marcia, so and Eichel each have 11. So, you know, I, I heard you and Darren Millard talking on the Insider Show today, Ryan, about, you know, where is Jack this season relative to where he was last season. I'm in agreement that whatever the numbers are, he seems to be a better player right now yeah. than he was at this point last year. It's also worth noting that uh, at this point last year is when the uh, the injury absence occurred mm-hmm. for Jack. And it has not yet happened this season, fingers crossed, um, so that he can continue on this kind of run where he is night in and night out driving the Golden Knights offense. Not that everybody else would be in the passenger category but Jack is in the driver's seat. When you look at 
you know, kind of adjustments, I, I suppose, for the Golden Knights, given that this is a bit unique in circumstance, that it is a home-and-home, home, that the next opponent for the Golden Knights will be the St. Louis Blues. Like, is there anything that you, you think changes maybe in the approach for the Golden Knights? Because, you know, I look at this game, and, and I think if the Golden Knights play this game again, more often than not, they win, especially against this opponent. I think so, and you could see what Bruce Cassidy told us to look for on the pregame show, which was you know, players getting around Jordan Bennington, try to get shots through from the point. The Knights, with uh, that situation generated, we've talked about Brett Howden. He joked that of the five shots he had in the first period, a few of them were you know, on one play right around the net. Uh, but you also, in talking with other Golden Knights coaches, the word was that you know, the Blues play relatively straightforward game mm -hmm. and if they make a mistake they're prone to an odd man rush against them and that's what happened in the first period today yeah. and the Knights could not capitalize on those chances. Yeah, the power play ends up with the game tying goal um, but they only had one shot in their first two power plays combined uh, including the one earlier in the third period so I think you know, if you're Bruce Cassidy, and Gary was describing it, Bruce Cassidy's gestures from the bench right before the faceoff that led to Jack Eichel's goal, you know, what he had seen in the first 45 seconds of the power play was not to his liking. It was yeah. some perimeter passing. So you just get the idea that, you know, you shoot, you can score. If you don't shoot, you know, and they, as I said, only had one shot on their first two power plays combined, um, maybe you realize that, hey, our, our best chance to beat Jordan Biddington might be on the power play, We've got to take advantage of those power plays and not let them go by without even getting any shots on goal. Obviously, they did finally get that message, got a shot, got a goal, and it gets them a standings point. So when you look at, you know, kind of the, the tweaks in, in line combinations for the Golden Knights, I, I've liked Chandler Stevenson's game alongside Brett Howden and Michael Amadio, uh, but you need to find something for Chandler. I, I guess the question is, how do you spark him? Because when Chandler's on, that's what makes this team, this team so dynamic and so deep. You need production from, from Chandler Stevenson. You've got to find a way to get him more con confidence. How do you do it? Yeah. Well, late in the game, you saw him on the ice with Carlson and Marcia. So, and some of that is face-off related. But, you know, when you shorten the bench to know that you're still one of those guys, and because he is a terrific face-off guy, he had won six out of nine last game. Uh, today he won six out of ten. You know, that's notable. Um, you know, sometimes Jack is good in the face-off circle. Today was not one of them. He only won 7 out of 19. But I think that, um, you know, you see it sometimes, Ryan, in the the puck management. The Knights were charged with 10 giveaways today. And I don't read into those numbers too much, but it's just a little bit of an indicator on how you would like to see them handle the puck a little bit better. So as it relates to Chandler Stevenson, uh, to me, like you, you kind of go back to this again um, because the Knights are, I still think, creating a lot of chances with yeah. the combo of players they have. It might just take Chandler to get one before, you know, he snaps out of it. And, um, you know, I, I, it's it's a difficult spot to be in. You know, Paul Cotter was oh so close. He's I mean, neither of those guys have scored since October. Yeah. To put it bluntly. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you don't want to hide guys. You, you don't want to hurt their confidence even more. It's not like they're not trying, all of that. So it, it might just take 
Stevenson getting one, and that might ease the burden that he, I'm sure, is feeling to not have scored since game three. But um, you know, there are only so many buttons that the head coach can push. Uh, Chandler has played on a couple of different lines, a few different line mates. Uh, to me, I, I would keep this configuration of forwards going into the game on Wednesday and see if maybe that happens to be Chandler's night. Maybe, maybe Ryan, it's the dad strip that will yeah, uh, maybe. You know, get the guys going. All right. Uh, great stuff on this one, as always, Dan. Enjoy the rest of your night, and we will chat again on Wednesday as the Golden Knights take on the Blues. Very good. Thanks, Ryan. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 2-1 overtime loss to the St. Louis Blues. Vegas now 16-5-5, 37 points on the year. We're back with more on the post-game show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the VGK post-game show. The Golden Knights fall 2-1 to one to the St. Louis Blues in overtime. Post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, no Alec Martinez again tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Not expected to travel on the quick two-game road trip for the Golden Knights to St. Louis and Dallas. Same with Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill did not practice today, so uh, his availability likely not there for the Golden Knights over at least the next two games. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that, and obviously Shea Theodore still out week to week as he recovers from surgery on an upper body injury. Taking a look at the highlights in this game, we go back to the first period. The Golden Knights had excellent chances, but were unable to solve Jordan Biddington. However, the Blues would open the scoring late in the period when Alexei Toropchenko tipped a point shot home. Sunquist, Letty to the right, Pareko's shot blocked. Side of the goal, put through the net mouth, and out the back door by Toropchenko. On the right, Pareko shoots, score! With 20 seconds to go in the period, the Blues take a 1-0 lead. Alexei Toropchenko's fifth of the year from Colton Pareko and Oscar Sundquist. 19-39 of the first period made it 1-0 St. Louis. And it looked like the Blues were going to try to win this game as best they could. 1-0. No scoring in the second period. And the Golden Knights would hit the third period applying pressure. They'd finally break through on the power play as Jack Eichel beat Jordan Biddington with a perfectly placed wrist shot. Marcius over Petrangelo, right for Eichel, he shoots and scores! Off the bar and in, tie game, Jack Eichel, power play goal! Jack Eichel's 11th of the year on the power play from Alex Petrangelo and Jonathan Marcheseau. 12.58 of the third period, tied the game at one, and then right after the Golden Knights got themselves back in the game, Logan Thompson had to come up with a big-time stop on Kevin Hayes. The captain goes low to high. Back and forth passing for the Blues up top, and a point shot stop, a rebound, and a save! Logan Thompson at very close range because of a deflected puck all alone and unmarked was Kevin Hayes, and he had a terrific chance. Logan Thompson got squared to him just in time. So the Golden Knights were able to get this game to extra time thanks in part to Jack Eichel on the power play, Logan Thompson, that save on Kevin Hayes. But the Golden Knights never got going in overtime as the Blues had the puck for the entire duration with Robert Thomas setting up the game winner for Pavel Buchnevich. He keeps it alive, feeds right circle, down low, score, Buchnevich! He forces it through at the right post, 
and the Blues win it in overtime. Ninth goal of the year for Pavel Buchnevich from Robert Thomas and Colton Pareko. 38 seconds into overtime wins the game for the St. Louis Blues. 2-1 to one, the final score and for the Golden Knights it's you know, it's interesting. It's familiar, right? Like this is a game in which the Golden Knights had the better of the chances. They carried the play for the majority of the game. Now, how much of that is St. Louis sitting back on a lead? I think it's part of it for sure. But I also think that when you look at this game objectively for the Golden Knights, they had great chances. They were feasting on turnovers from the St. Louis Blues, specifically in the first period. Multiple odd man rushes, multiple breakaway per, uh, opportunities for the Golden Knights. And, you know, if you're going to look at one place where you'd want the Golden Knights to finish more, it's going to be on those transition opportunities, which seems incredibly odd in talking about a Golden Knights team that throughout their history has been so, so good at finishing in transition. So, you know, a couple of ways to look at it. I think that you you can view this game as certainly more output from the Golden Knights in terms of quality chances. Jordan Binnington was the story in this game, and like it's hard, I think, sometimes for, for teams to maybe give Jordan Binnington the benefit of the doubt because of some of the antics over the course of his career, specifically last season in which he was not very good for St. Louis, a big reason why they were unable to make the playoffs, and on top of that, it was the extracurriculars, all the other stuff that Jordan was doing. Tonight, he was on, and when Jordan Binnington is on, he has the capability of overtaking a game, of stealing a game, so to speak, and I, I don't know that I'm putting it in that category, but Jordan Binnington was the best player on the ice for both teams in this game, full stop, full stop. Now, can the Golden Knights clean some things up? Absolutely. Absolutely they can. I think if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, if you're Bruce Cassidy, you want better puck management for sure. You want uh, an ability to kind of string those plays along and find that final handle on it, right? And so for the Golden Knights, I think that's going to be the objective going into Wednesday night's game against St. Louis. You've got to capitalize on those turnovers. They're going to be there. There will be odd man rushes for the Golden Knights. If you get them, you've got to bury them. And, you know, you've got to get to Jordan Biddington. You've got to make him uncomfortable. You've got to get in his kitchen and make him move and take away his eyes. No different than any other goaltender at any point in time. You've just got to get there. And I think for the Golden Knights, they got there tonight, just maybe not with enough regularity or enough volume in those spots in order to make a difference. And then, you know, you give credit to Jack Eichel, right? Like we've talked about where he's at individually with his game. And... I mean, offensively, he's an absolute driver. He just is. He's a driver, and he's a driver for this team, and he's been a big reason why the Golden Knights were able to kind of come out of that scoring funk, and he's a big reason why they pick up a standings point. And I think when you look at the Golden Knights, the stretch that they've had over the last, you know, eight to ten games, it's not been easy from a travel perspective. It's not been easy from a condensed schedule perspective, but the Golden Knights have been able to get through by collecting standings points, and they get another one tonight. We're back with more on the post-game show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. VGK postgame show, the Golden Knights fall 2-1 to the St. Louis Blues in overtime. 702-876-1340. Don't call yet. 
We've got a new text line on Fox Sports Las Vegas. If you want to text in your thoughts, your opinions on the game and get in before we open the phone lines in the extended postgame show, now's your chance, now's your opportunity. Um, we've already got some texts coming in. Vicky Kaiser says that the Golden Knights are going to be able to bounce back in St. Louis, and that's the beauty of this, right? You've got a home-and-home situation, which is not usual in the regular season. You don't see it often, and yet I think for the Golden Knights, this is a great opportunity, right? You saw what they were able to do with a second look at the Washington Capitals, and you know maybe it's not a perfect comparison because like you go back, you watch the game that they played in Washington. Golden Knights probably should have won that game 4-1 to too. And it didn't work out that way. It is what it is. But I think the Golden Knights, when they get a second crack at an opponent, they're they're usually able to find more space, more time, specifically in the offensive zone. They're usually able to hit their plays a little bit more crisp and and find ways to you know really take that opponent and knock them down a peg. So I'm interested to see you know whether or not the Golden Knights are able to adjust to a couple of things. Um, and I thought St. Louis was really interesting in the offensive zone. Like, they love to go low to high, cross ice quick, and try to find that that space on the weak side with some traffic arriving as the shot arrives as well. So for the Golden Knights, it's really about kind of killing those plays off as quickly and as, uh, as simply as you can in, in the defensive zone. And I thought, you know, when the Golden Knights got into trouble, it was more often than not just not being clean on their breakouts. Or when St. Louis was able to extend a play in the offensive zone, they were able to find those seams. And, and so for Vegas, I, I think that's one area you want to clean up. The other area that you want to clean up in, in going into it uh, is simply managing the puck well. And, you know, Dan talked about it, right? They were charged with 10 giveaways in this game. Was it a true 10 giveaway game? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. But you can't look at you know, some of the plays that the Golden Knights were at least trying to set up, some of the plays that the Golden Knights were working toward and say that they were as crisp as they usually are. Or, put another way, when the Golden Knights are on, pucks are on sticks, and they arrive on the at the right time, and it's fluid, right? Like, it, it, the plays that they create, goaltenders don't have any chance on them. And, and so... You know, I look at this game as it may be one that's a, a little more on the sloppy side, and, and that may be why Jordan Binnington was able to have such a strong performance, but it could also just be that Jordan Binnington was in his own, that Jordan Binnington hit his stride, that, that this was a game he wanted to come in and prove his medal against the defending Stanley Cup champions. And, you know, you got to give your you got to tip your cap. You, you really do. For, for Binnington, it was a great performance, but also – the Golden Knights able to take a standings point out of it. That's important. Um, I do wonder what it's going to look like for Vegas when they go on the dad strip. And that's upcoming with St. Louis, with Dallas. Uh, Golden Knights' fathers will be on that trip. And generally speaking, when you've got fathers in the building, when you are on that trip, uh, good things tend to happen. At least they did for the Golden Knights last year. If we remember correctly, that was Vegas coming out of the bye week in the all-star break father's trip was there uh, in nashville in minnesota and the golden knights won those two games and then were almost unbeatable down the stretch and into the postseason so you know you can probably get some goodwill as you know we talked about there with dan duva maybe that's what it takes for chandler stevenson 
right? Like maybe you just you, you get a little bit of a break in the monotony of a 82-game schedule. Uh, you get a little advice or just the comfort of going on this trip, having your dad there. Maybe that's what it is. You know, I, I think that you have an opportunity, and, and that's really what the Golden Knights are going to have to work toward and what they're going to have to hope for. I, I think that there's absolutely a chance that they go into St. Louis, they play this game, and I said it to Dan, you play this game again over and over and over again based on what the Golden Knights didn't, based on what they created offensively and based on how well they played defensively. I think you win this game more often than not. I really do. And that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts of it for the Golden Knights. They've got to find a way to just bring this game with them to St. Louis and convert on a couple more chances. That's really what it what it boils down to. Um, got a text coming in on the text line again, 702-876-1340. It's the text line for Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Radio Network. Rita Homan, I don't care. I still don't like Jordan Binnington. Not going to give him credit for anything ever. I can be like this. I'm a fan. I can be unreasonable. Well, that's fair. I mean, I, I can't argue with that. I'm not going to argue with it. I think Rita's, Rita's certainly got the benefit of the doubt there. But, you know, Jordan Binnington, absolutely far and away the number one star in this game and a big reason why the Golden Knights were unable to find two points in this one. We're back to wrap it up next on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Game show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. VGK Post Game Show. The Golden Knights fall 2-1 to the St. Louis Blues in overtime. Vegas pulls a standings point out of a phenomenal performance from Jordan Binnington. Vegas now 16-5 and 5, 37 points on the year. Next in action, Wednesday night against, ironically enough, the St. Louis Blues, a home-and-home home for the Vegas Golden Knights. St. Louis has two out of a possible four points. Vegas has one out of a possible four points. So we'll see how things go on Wednesday for the Vegas Golden Knights. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. For the Golden Knights, it could have been 3 nothing and put to bed within the first 10 minutes of the first period. There were multiple, multiple odd man rushes for the Vegas Golden Knights. They were victimizing the St. Louis Blues in the neutral zone. Every single pass out of the zone was contended. Every single thing for the Golden Knights uh, was really where it needed to be, but the Golden Knights unable to solve Jordan Binnington. Let's hear from Bruce Cassidy as he addresses the media. Yeah, I mean, I look at the positives, right? We Power play scores a timely goal. We weren't very good before that on the power play, the previous one. Um, so we are better. thought we had a lot of good looks, some great A's that he made stops on. Thought we defended pretty well, didn't give up a lot. We gave up a breakaway guy comes out of the box, so those those happen sometimes, but all in all, you know, pretty pretty good game. Well enough to win for sure. We've seen a bit of this movie the last month with some goaltenders playing real well against us where we didn't get points, so at least we got a point in this one. I mean, you're never gonna be satisfied with losing, but over the course of eighty two games and the schedule we're in now where we're at, um, I like the fact that we're able to to push through and come back and get a point. So uh, good for Bennington. He played well. Um, I think it was the biggest reason they got two and we only got one. Chris? 
Chris Vegas Hockey now. Is there going to be any difference in the game plan when you see them on Wednesday, looking for the same effort from the team? Anything you feel they could have done better? Well, our execution could be better, but I, I, I've said this. I think we're in a part of our schedule where there's just no time to no downtime for this team, or very little. We, we'll get some in after the St. Louis game in Dallas, but um, I thought the game plan was pretty good in terms of what we generated and what we gave up. You go through the video after, and you'll always see, okay, well, here's where we can be better. Uh, the low to high game for us, where it's, it's a night where we really miss Theo when when that part of the game because of the way they're playing in their end, where we're getting lots of pucks, they're going back to the D. He's really good at creating lanes and chaos for the other team. So that's a night where we miss his particular skill set. So we'll talk to our defensemen how they can help create more offense if they're taking away a lot of the slot opportunities. But other than that, I don't think we'll change a lot. Um, I just hope we execute a little better early on if we have the same chances and get a lead. I mean, St. Louis is what now, 12 and 0 when they score first? And they're 0-11 when they, when they don't score first. So it tells you a bit of the tale of how their games go. So obviously the first goal up in St. Louis would be important. Jesse. Jesse Granger with The Athletic. You mentioned the grade A chances early, a lot of odd man rushes. What did you think you guys did well to, to generate those? Well, usually in D zone, it means you're either blocking a shot and then moving the puck up quick. Uh, because I think a lot of it, their D were activating, and which they do. Um, that's how they scored their goals, through a high seam, and then the puck gets to the net. Um, so we were doing a good job defending those plays. Uh, winning pucks in the neutral zone, then a race to be able to separate. Um, but yeah, I think Nick was in and, and Paul Cotter, obviously Barbie's breakaway was just a good play by him with a good stick. Something we do well against everybody, I think. That's why we're a good defensive team. We have pretty good sticks. Um, so I just think it was a combination of being positionally strong and then recognizing when it's your turn to close on someone or um, eliminate. We did a good job with that. Unfortunately, we didn't capitalize on it. I think Jack on the two-on-one with Barbie was just his skill set be able to separate right along the boards. He seemed to pop out of that pile. I don't think there was anything special that happened there other than a special player was able to, to find open ice. Chris. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Bruce, I know you said you weren't too happy with the first power play, but obviously you get the goal in the second one. You've now gotten power play goal in the last couple of games. Just is it execution or are you seeing something different on the power play that now your guys are scoring a couple uh, goals on I the think play? I think there's some chemistry developing it's the same you know that the, the Eichel unit's been together now a while so I think in in the middle of the power play they they were able to adjust to what the other team's doing better maybe than they did last year and they're more willing to you know, if you remember the start of that power play Jack was on his one timer side looking down for Stoney, we're looking for some low plays because of the, the way St. Louis killed, but they had packed it in a little. So now you need a guy to slide maybe to the bumper and Jack moves around. I know it's a face-off, but still, he's now on his forehand side and was like, listen, we got to get some pucks to the net and, and get a second chance opportunity with a screen as opposed to trying to force a play in there. So and that's what happened. And it doesn't happen if Stone doesn't screen the goaltender. Um, so that's what I see with them, a, a, a better adaptability in in power play, not having to come to the dressing room between periods and look, you know what I mean, look at it. It's, well, it's fluid. So they've done a better job with that and more willing to move around and, and play different positions on the power play, but still maintaining the structure of the 1-3-1. One, one. So um, that's a good thing because I think it makes you more dangerous if you're not as predictable. 
Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. And that was Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 2-1 loss to the St. Louis Blues in overtime. And as we were talking about, the Golden Knights just couldn't solve Jordan Binnington early, fell behind in the first period, but Jack Eichel rescues a point with a power play goal, and Pavel Buchnevich ends the night in overtime. That'll do it for us here on the VGK Postgame Show. Extended Postgame Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network postgame show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 2-1. The St. Louis Blues defeat the Vegas Golden Knights in overtime. Vegas now 16-5-5, 37 points on the year. Tied for the most points in the National Hockey League. Vegas next in action Wednesday, 6 o'clock, against these same St. Louis Blues. The beginning of the dad's trip for the Vegas Golden Knights. They'll have St. Louis on Wednesday, Dallas on Saturday before returning here to T-Mobile Arena on Sunday to take on the San Jose Sharks. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. It is a phone line. It is also a text line, so get in your comments on the text line, 702-876-1340, and also make sure you are calling in as well. Let's head out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Yeah, there's nothing better than expressing one's feelings uh, after every game, as far as that goes. Uh, this, I spent about a half hour with a Blues fan who flew in from St. Louis last night to see this game. And I'm sure he'd be the first to tell you that Jordan Bennington is a loose cannon. He is, you never know what you're going to get from him. He may give up six goals and then turn around and pitch a shutout. The guy is, when he's great, there's nobody better. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, you know, that's okay because of, of the six guys that have held us to one goal or less, and there have been six of them now, he's easily the best goaltender of the group. Uh, one of the questions I had is, because I don't see the game the way you do, and I know uh, in terms of watching it and analyzing it and knowing it like you do, mm-hmm. do we get stifled by the 1-3-1 defense all the time when we do get stifled? No, I I don't think so. I mean, Mike, look at look at this game in the first period alone. The Golden Knights had, what, 10 odd man rushes, 10 uh-huh. transition opportunities if if you're looking at a one-three-one, that's generally what you don't give up, right? So for, you know, the the St. Louis Blues and, you know, their neutral zone structure, I, I don't think was particularly strong in this game at all. I think the Golden Knights were able to get through the neutral zone with relative ease, and they were able to find multiple odd man rushes. I, you know, the one-three-one that that Bruce Cassidy was talking about was more so uh, the the configuration on the power play than it was what the Blues are trying to do defensively. Okay. Because I know the Kings started what I hope is not going to ever be a trend when they mm. 
really dealt us our only defeat of the season. That's the only game where I can say we just played so badly when we lost that four to one game last mm-hmm. month. Uh, and they initiated a one three one defense that just completely shut us down. Yeah, so I, if, I, that's not I, the case maybe here. That's it. That's not the case here. The, again, you look at the first period, you go back and watch it. The Golden Knights had multiple two-on-ones, multiple breakaway opportunities, and that's generally what doesn't happen when it, when a team is playing a 1-3-1. So it, it was more about you know just the Golden Knights' inability to finish in transition. Well, anybody who has a centella of concern need no look, to look no further than Tampa Bay tonight. Mm-hmm. They got thumped by Colorado a couple of days ago and then turned around and shut Colorado out four to nothing. So yeah. I, I, I think we're okay. Yeah, I think they'll be just fine. Thanks so much for the call, Mike. I appreciate it. Um, I, You know, again, I, I've been kind of like banging this drum here for a while. It's it's not a time to panic. You panic when the, the, the chances aren't there. Um, and so, you know, again, I, I think for the Golden Knights, you look at their last three games, they were able to score 12 goals in three games. You'll take that all day long. Jordan Biddington was on one tonight. He was phenomenal, and sometimes you just got to tip your cap. You, you look at the chances that the Golden Knights generated, specifically Paul Cotter in the first period. He slides that puck along the ice. It's a goal. He elevates it. It goes right into the glove for Jordan Biddington. Give credit to the goaltender. Jack Eichel sets up Ivan Barbashev for what should have been a tap-in. Got to give a lot of credit to Jordan Biddington for laying out and getting the pad on it. Like There were big-time saves that Jordan Bennington made in this game. He was a story, the major story, the be- the biggest story in this game. And, again, you tip your cap there. Um, as we mentioned, 702-876-1340, that's the phone line. It's also the text line. I want to get to this text comment from Donnie Moss. I think that Vegas has fancy play syndrome. They try to get a pretty goal instead of shooting. We killed 42 seconds of power play, just passing the puck to shoot it. Please comment. Well, uh, they they also on that same power play shot the puck and scored a goal because they were able to get the the proper amount of players in front of Jordan Bennington take away his eyes. Um, fancy play syndrome, like whatever you want to call it, you have to make good plays to score. It's not going to be uh, a, as as simple as you know just picking the puck up in the middle of the slot and shooting it past the goaltender. Especially the way that Jordan Bennington was playing tonight, you have to work for your chances and. You know, you can call it fancy play syndrome. You can say that they're they're making an extra pass here and there, but you need to do that sometimes in order to beat a goaltender, especially a goaltender the way uh, the likes of Jordan Bennington when he's on the way that he was tonight. So, um, you know, if you lose two to one and the Golden Knights had fifty-five shots on goal, you'd be saying make the extra play, makes the make the extra play, make the extra pass because it's too predictable and too easy. You're shooting it right into the chest. It's it's one of those things where it's a no-win situation for the Golden Knights going out coming out of this game. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Bring in Stephanie. Hey Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Ryan? Oh, I'm good. So I mean, I feel like Bennington either less than nothing or less than everything. There's very little in between from him, and he was on it today. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel terrible about this game. Um, it sucks, but, I mean, if Dallas was allowed to compile last year, we can compile loser points this year, too. If you're going to lose, get the loser point. I mean, it all counts, right? Like, you know, you, yeah. you, look, at the, you look at the Golden Knights, and they're, they've been able to pull points out uh, in 21 out of 26 games. 
You know, like when when you sit back and you think about it from that perspective, I, I, I'm telling you right now, the sky isn't falling. Would you like a, a couple of more points out of those extra time losses, whether it be overtime or shootout? Absolutely. But you're still pulling 20 uh, points in 21 out of 26. Like most teams will take that all day long. Yeah, I, I mean, we're sitting at a 16-5-5 and record. I'm not going to complain, Yeah. right? Like I'm not going to complain. That's a very good record. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's so many people that immediately we lose the game and it's like the sky is falling, but mm-hmm. it's not. No. And, I mean, you have to remember, too, we're playing down, say, Theodore, down Alec Martinez. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're down Aiden Hill, too. Uh, I, I mean, LT led in two goals, one during regulation and one in overtime. Like, generally, if if your goaltender only lets in two goals, like, you can outscore that and win. Like, it, mm-hmm. it'll happen. It just wasn't there tonight. Bennington was on it. Couldn't quite solve him enough. And it is what it is. Yeah, thanks for the call, Stephanie. I, I appreciate it. I look at this one. It's a goalie win. St. Louis Blues got a goalie win. Um, and Bruce Cassidy said it, right? Like, Golden Knights did a good job getting a point out of this one. But the main reason, the, the really the only reason that the Golden Knights didn't get two points tonight is because Jordan Bennington was fantastic. 702-876-1340, that's the number. If you'd like to call in, I want to hear from you. Do you disagree with the idea that if the Golden Knights play the exact same way, they'll win on Wednesday night in St. Louis against the Blues? I think they will. If you disagree, give me a call right now. 702-876-1340, taking more of your phone calls and more of your text messages. On the other side of the break, it's the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Welcome back. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall 2-1 to to the St. Louis Blues in overtime. 702-876-1340 is the number. You can call in. It is a radio show after all. And I know it can be intimidating sometimes to call in on the radio. That is why we have a text line operational right now for your commentary so let's go to the text line we got a couple of a couple of comments on Chandler Stevenson Linda Gans I need Chandler to get going who is he best to play with Stone Carrier someone else I've liked Chandler alongside Brett Howden and Michael Amadio I really liked that line in the first period I thought they were Strong in the the offensive zone. I thought some of the lanes that they were finding were were really solid. Uh, Just unable to to finish, right? And and I do think that, you know, you saw a little bit more assertive play from Chandler Stevenson. In that first period specifically, he's he's at least willing to shoot the puck a little bit more. I think for Chandler, it's, it's all about confidence, right? And, you know, William Ramsey chimed in on the text line with, you know, is is there something ailing Chandler in the faceoff dot recently? Um, I, I'm going to say it's confidence. Like when you're confident, things go well. When you're you're not playing with confidence, it's it's hard sometimes to, you know, to find your game 
when you're fighting it. And, and offensively, like Chandler Stevenson is an offensive guy, and he's just not had the success that we're used to seeing from him in a Vegas Golden Knights uniform. And when the puck's not dropping for you, it's hard for every other aspect of your game to fall into place simply because you're just not playing with the confidence you usually have. Just two goals and nine assists, 11 points for Chandler Stevenson uh, in 22 games this year. He did miss some time with an injury, but he's been back for a little bit now. I assume that he's going to come around. I assume that it's going to click for Chandler Stevenson, but it is going to be a situation you know, where you're going to need one to fall. We, we talked about it a bit with Dan Duva. What, what does Chandler Stevenson need? I think he needs a goal. Really, and, and it doesn't matter how it goes. A shot perfectly placed or you know, off of three sticks and it happens to hit Chandler Stevenson and go in, I think he needs one to drop for him. Uh, Frazier Rogers says, Knights held to two or less goals in eight of the last 16. Shut out three times during that stretch, even without Theodore. Lots of talent in the lineup that needs to step up. Yes, Frazier, you're right. It has been tough going of late for the Golden Knights to find offense, but uh, they did have, coming into this game, Three straight goal, uh, three straight, three straight games with four goals. So it felt more like the offense was going to continue to hit their stride. I don't view this as a, a similar type of a similar type of stretch as to what the, goal, the Golden Knights had, you know, six, seven, eight games ago, where they just couldn't buy a goal. I mean, yeah, the chances were there, but I'd argue that they were simply bested by the number one star of the game. I thought Con uh, uh, Jordan Bennington was phenomenal. I, I really do. I think this is a game where the Golden Knights look at it and they say, we just got beat by a really good goalie. Jordan Bennington had himself a game. Sometimes you can do everything right and not score because the goaltender's out of this world, and that was Jordan Bennington tonight. So, you know, that being said, I, I think there's a lot that you can pull from it. Obviously, you're going to like the chances that the Golden Knights were able to generate. You're going to like the fact that they were able to get in transition, um, had multiple breakaway opportunities, multiple odd man rushes, um, chances in transition to break this game wide open. It didn't go. So now it's you know right back to it on Wednesday night against the same opponent. And if you get those opportunities, the Golden Knights are going to have to find a way to finish. It's a long season, 82 games. 26 games in, the Golden Knights at 16-5-5, 37 points tied for most points in the National Hockey League, coming off of a Stanley Cup championship. There will be lulls, there will be stretches, it will be hard to come by points every now and again, but I think the Golden Knights have done a pretty good job pulling standings points out of games, especially like tonight, where Jordan Bennington could have stolen all of the points and the Golden Knights could have come away with nothing. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights lose to the St. Louis Blues 2-1 to one in overtime. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Greg. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Ryan? Can you hear me well? Yeah, yeah, I got you, buddy. Okay, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, my wife and I seem to go to games frequently over these last you know, going on seven seasons now versus the Blues. And every time we go, we go to overtime. But up until tonight, we'd always won. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, but tonight we lost in overtime, but, you know, hey, as I said on the way out, a bad day at the arena is better than a good day at the office, and I had to look at it through that lens because otherwise I'd get too depressed to think about, you know, what could have or would have been, eh? It's a tough loss, you know, but we'll take the point. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely take the point, especially the way that Jordan Binnington was playing in this game. I think, again, you look at it, if you're if you're viewing the the game objectively, it, Jordan Bennington was was in a a, a, a groove tonight, and, and you know probably should have had a shutout victory, and yet the Golden Knights were able to find a way to to gain a point out of it, and you know you'll take that all day long, and now you've got to find a way to break through on Wednesday night in St. Louis. You know, and the bounce back is you know the mark of a true professional. It's like you get okay, hey, tough loss, but we did get the point. We got to remind ourselves of that. Let's do, you know, something of a staggered home and home and do the same by them to them in their building. Mm-hmm. You know, tit for tat, as it were. To write yeah. about Bennington, I mean, he did stand on his head. And it wasn't for lack of effort by VGK. How many shots on that? 30-something, 36 or something like that? 34 for Vegas, 27 for St. Louis. Okay, I thought we had yeah. a couple more than that. But, I mean, you know, not for, you know, lack of shooting the puck. And, you know, he almost did get that, you know, shutout. Yeah. Um, less uh, Ike's uh, little wrister there. Um, and that was a pretty goal, and, uh, you know, we were – I just think some of our guys, particularly Chandler, are a little snake bit right now. Yep. Uh, having some rough puck luck. Yeah, you're right on the money there, Greg. Thanks for the call. I, You know, again, uh, snake bit is a great word for the likes of, say, a Chandler Stevenson or a Paul Cotter. Um, you know, certainly a Will Carrier would fit into that as well. Nick Waugh, too, so you need a little bit more production from everywhere in the lineup, but – you know, Jack Eichel has kind of taken the, the brunt of that and has performed incredibly well for the Golden Knights. So it'll be interesting to see how things shape up for the Golden Knights on Wednesday night when they take on the St. Louis Blues. That game will go at 6 p.m. It'll be a 5 o'clock pregame show. So eh, a little bit earlier, the Golden Knights have an opportunity. It's Dad's trip for the Vegas Golden Knights as well. That's going to do it for me here on the extended post-game show. Thanks to Jed Donaldson down here making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio. And thanks to you, our listeners, our callers, and our texters. It is your post-game show. It's not as much fun without your calls, your texts, and your input. Until Wednesday, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.